Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. led by Holy Spirit when I was praying about tonight's meeting because we're also doing this at our Take It to the Altar Tuesday nights and so go with me to Galatians 5.1 and I think I'm going to do this in the Passion Translation. I have all these different translations and I do check it out for those who are concerned about it and so I just enjoy whichever one the Lord has me to look at. I'm going to do this one out of the Passion Translation. All right, you ready? Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. How many would say, oh my gosh, that's not true yet in my life. Okay. So something's wrong with your life. So I want us to break the lie that everything has to be a long process. God already sees us free. The father sees us free. Jesus paid for it. And Holy Spirit is down here to give us revelation and everything we need so that we get free from fear and doubt and unbelief. You're only in process because of fear and unbelief and doubt. And if there's authority Satan still has in your life, you're going to feel like you're failing and this isn't working for you because you haven't gone to get the revelation from the, from the word of God by the spirit of the living God to tell you why Satan is doing this so you can then destroy it. Now, we've been really demonstrating this a lot lately, haven't we? Are you kind of getting it? Are you kind of getting it like, wow, I, I can't do this on my own, but Holy Spirit will teach me. So I encourage everyone. I don't have time to teach it right now. I'm going to be having a teaching on it, probably a conference coming up sometime. But if you want to really get in your spirit how to get revelation, I highly recommend the Passion Translation by, that Brian Simmons did. And then go into the search. Um, so go to eSword, go to the search part on there, on the Passion Translation, and put in Revelation. Not the book of Revelation, but the word Revelation. Oh my goodness, when you see what he says in Psalms and how God has given him revelation and, and, and he really is a scholar, he really knows Greek, Hebrew, Arabic and everything else. And when you begin to let that saturate you and get out of being haughty so you have to put him down instead of listen to what God's given him for the body, okay? And, and then begin to let that saturate you. Um, it's so good about revelation. It's so good about revelation. And I will be teaching that soon, but... Um, it's actually one of the things I sent this young mother I've been talking to you guys about who's been in this trial for her infant baby. And when the Lord was showing us a certain thing, I'm not going to tell you tonight because it'll take a while. Remind me, I haven't told you yet. It's about how God supernaturally took this baby off of oxygen and before we could, before she could even get to the hospital room after they told her he wasn't, wasn't going to come off for a while. And um, so we started looking into that. Anyway, that made me look at Revelation. So I said, I said, Lord, she needs Revelation from you 
to to get free to see what this thing is. And so, um, anyway, it's a whole nother, I don't have time. God has given me a powerful teaching from the book of Ephesians on how he's going to wean his church off of the fivefold ministry and cause his people to all see him. Remember the scripture says that we need the fivefold ministry until we all come into the fullness of Christ. And you're thinking, wow, how can that ever happen? Well, I'm watching it happen. Okay. I'm watching it happen with this family. I'm going to watch it happen with you guys. So get ready. Everybody get ready. Okay. And God's going to do that with this whole church in record speed for this end time that we're in. And the shaking is purposely allowed by God and really God's plan to shake everything out of you that Satan has in you so that you can walk in divine, uh, totally led by Holy Spirit with no fear, no doubt, no unbelief and an amazing what he's going to do in this hour. I'm so excited about what's going to happen in the spirit. I don't think it's going to look really good in the world. All right. He says, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. And then Galatians 5, 1 in the Amplified, it was for freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery, which you once removed. We must always cherish this truth. Okay, get this. We must cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Wow. Okay, let that revelation hit you. Especially if you have an addiction issue, especially if you are legalistic, especially if you're not, if you, if you just, if, if you know, this is a really good scripture. If you recognize I have changed, how many in here really know that God has changed them? Okay. So how many know, I don't want to go backwards. And so he's saying here, let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. Okay, that's the reality. That's the reality. When Jesus Christ says it is finished, he sets you free. There's nothing else he's going to do. Why didn't God heal? God doesn't heal you. He already healed you. You're not trying to get healed. You're actually trying to break through fear and doubt and whatever demonic thing Satan has authority in so you can receive that gift of healing. And Holy Spirit is to help you to get free. He's here to help you to get free from what the enemy's put in you. He's here to show you the way. Jesus already paid for it. Jesus is interceding for you to enter into what he's already done. The Father only sees you perfect because he has perfect faith. That's how God works. Here's the Father. He's, he's already seeing this little baby grown up and preaching the gospel and ministering and moving in the things God has for him. He already sees this family as a powerful sign and wonder of the next generation of those who are raised by, from parents who have really set them free because they themselves have gotten free. And we're getting, I'm, I'm so excited that there is a generation coming and it's coming really quickly. And this is the key that God's giving us is how to um, Holy Spirit coach people <laughs> or mentor people into connecting to the headship of Christ and watching that then set their kids free and having their kids not have the issues that so many of you all have had and some that I've had. And depending on your parenting will depend on how much mess you've had and if you knew Christ or not. I would say Trump trained, but that would be really messing me up to be on YouTube. But anyhow, all right, but it's too fun not to. All right, so did she really say that? She did. Okay, we must always cherish this truth that we're not just partially set free. We're completely set free. Okay. 
Faith is the substance of things you are hoping or believing for or expecting that you haven't seen yet. Okay, once you see them, you don't need faith anymore. Okay, but until you see them, you need faith. And I'm not going to get into it, but a lot of this whole thing that we've walked through with this particular thing we've been walking through has to do with how oxygen is the equivalent of faith in the natural. And I won't get into that, but the whole way the whole body works has to do with how it pumps faith through your whole body. It's just amazing what God's been teaching us. Just honestly amazing. But you need to, you want faith. So if you wanted faith, what would you do now after what I've been teaching you? Ask God for revelation on how to have faith. Ask God for revelation on how to have faith. Lord, help my unbelief by giving me revelation. Your word, you speak to me, you show me. Isn't that what Jesus did when he, Jesus is the word of God, right? So when those people there didn't have the Bible, right? They didn't even have the Holy Spirit in them, right? But they would ask Jesus, help my unbelief. How would he do that? He would speak to them his promises, wouldn't he? He would speak his promises. Well, his Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that spoke those promises through Jesus Christ, because he only did what he saw his father doing, right? That same Holy Spirit is alive inside of you if you're born again. Now, if you're not born again, get born again, because nothing of this really matters till you're born again. And then once I'm born again, I've got to have the revelation. God lives in me. The same exact Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead who can do anything lives in me. The same Holy Spirit. Why do you have faith that the Holy Spirit is going to take your spirit and soul out of your dead body one day and, and take you to heaven? How, how many really believe that? Why do you believe that but you don't believe that same Holy Spirit's going to heal you? Why did you believe that whole same Holy Spirit's going to deliver you from every addiction and bondage and set you free from every lie that's been placed in you? Why don't you think that him being raising you from the dead one day is going to be a lot more need more faith? So if you have faith to believe that, the only reason you don't have faith to believe the other stuff is because you've never really studied his word and got revelation and heard it preached and also received it and then watched it. See, you're just, you know you can't go test that one out, right? Like, like you know, I don't, I don't get like a second chance on that one. So you're, you're having to believe in faith because you don't have to prove it yet. But why do you believe it if it hasn't been proven to you yet? I'm not trying to shake your faith, people. Because it's in God's word. Because you believe Jesus rose from the dead. Because you can't even believe unless you have faith. You can't even believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead unless Holy Spirit gives you a revelation about it. Remember, that this is so powerful. When Peter, when Jesus says, who do you all say that I am? And all of a sudden, Peter got a revelation. And he said, you are the son of the living God. And he said it like, like light bulb. They've heard Jesus say who he was for a long time, right? But all of a sudden, and then Jesus knew. See, gosh, you guys get this. Jesus knows. Holy Spirit knows. The Father knows. And believe it or not, the devil knows if you're speaking from revelation. What does the Bible say about when Peter got the revelation? Jesus says, the gates of hell cannot prevail against this. They're not talking about... Peter being the 
Catholic Church, where people say they're talking about the gates of hell cannot prevail against what Jesus Jesus just pointed out that the Father demonstrated through Peter. If y'all get this, I'm telling you, you will wait. You'll quit wasting your time just blubbering off prayers. You will actually get with God, expecting revelation. Now get your spirits cleaned out and your souls cleaned out and get rid of pretend stuff so something else isn't giving you false revelation. And keep coming. We're going to work on all that. I think last Tuesday night was really powerful for that. So if you, I, I encourage everybody to go listen to it again. I don't even know the name of it. Somebody knows. Karen Nicole, somebody tell us. It should be out on YouTube soon. See, God wants us pure. He wants us healed. He wants us holy. He wants us living for him. He wants us trusting him. He's, he's doing everything by his spirit to cleanse us. His word is living water to cleanse us, to wash us, to heal us. The fivefold ministry is actually supposed to be yielded to Holy Spirit and the grace he's given them to do this work so that you can be connected to the headship of Christ and glorify God with your life. And then you can give that to your kids. You can see how to do this for your kids, for real, not legalism that brings death, not counterfeit spirituality, which releases demonic stuff. Not all this mixture. God's going to cleanse everything. So, so Lord, I want the real revelation from you for this. And then it doesn't, it doesn't, you can't make him do it. Okay. Is everybody okay? Sometimes you won't get it until a day or two later sometimes you can't just open the bible and find it okay because he's not going to let you make a formula sometimes you'll be thinking something and praying about something and then you'll just happen to go to the right youtube channel like this one cindy foster jesus is real that one's a good one but you'll go to one and all of a sudden they'll say something and it'll hit your spirit and go i was just asking that i was just thinking about that and you'll know see god wants you to begin to ask for discernment he wants you to begin to pray that that you enter into this life in christ let me be clear, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Okay, I'll just tell you, even with this situation with this little baby I've been talking about on all these right now, when the enemy shows up with a sign of withdrawal for something new, because they're getting this little baby off of all these uh, medications they put him on because of the surgeries he went through, um, and he was on a ventilator for a very long time. But the mom's like, no. It's like, do not give that to the devil. Uh-uh. He's not having withdrawals. We've already seen that. We've already prayed that. We've already done the word. So why don't we see what the symptom of this thing is and break it off right now? Do you see what I'm saying? You don't go, oh. The minute you go, oh, it didn't work. Guess what? You just lost everything you had gained. You got to get in there and repent. You got to ask God to forgive you. You've got to cast, you've got to rise up and start again. But guess what? You can get up, what is it? The Bible says a man can get up seven times. You just get up again. So but, do you get what I'm saying though? When the enemy, what causes you to back down the minute it looks like it didn't work? Unbelief. What causes you to back down if you get a symptom flare up? Fear. These are weapons of the enemy. We need to start recognizing what are his weapons. And I'm not giving in to them because I'm fully clothed in the armor of God. Get that teaching. It's not a formula. 
It's a revelation. It's not a formula. It's a revelation. It's not a formula. It's a revelation. It's not a five-step plan. It's a revelation. It could have a hundred steps. It could have three steps. It could have one step. It doesn't matter. It's a revelation. That's why it worked great for the person who got the revelation and wrote the testimony. But then it brings other people into bondage who try to do it based on formula. All right. These are things you ought to really write something. You ought to remember these things. He's telling you to do this. You're fully, you have the full victory. You're totally free because of what's been done. And refuse to go back into the bondage of your past. Refuse to go back. Refuse to go back. There's other scriptures about casting down imaginations and all that kind of thing. Right? Now we're going to talk about what Paul was specifically talking about. But you can put in here any situation, these are spiritual laws, any situations that would put you back into formulas or rituals instead of relationship. Does everybody get that? He's talking very specifically to uh, some Jewish believers, and they understand under the law they had to be circumcised. Okay, and I'm not going to get into what all that meant and everything. You can go check it out or somebody else has taught it. But that was a legalistic thing they had to do. The whole old covenant was legalistic. Does everybody get that? The whole old covenant was legalistic. It was to show who God is, how he is, and to make you know you couldn't do it on your own. But God would still take care of you if you would try to live for God and not the enemy. And so all the legalism of the old covenant was to show you, especially Leviticus, show you how God is. He hates this. He doesn't like this. He's not about this, okay? And people need that right now. In the sense that the church, for some reason, seems to be failing to let people know God really hates that sin. He's not playing. He really hates, uh, he hates this kind of garbage, people. To him, it's pure, sickening sin. And now we're, we're, but you're being entertained by it. But you're okay with that. What's wrong with you? What, what are you, are you enjoying now? Pure out Hollywood perversion that's, that is showing satanic acts and, and, and all these things in commercials. Are you enjoying it now? Oh, what, what level did it finally hit that watching things that are about violence and watching things that are about perversion and sex um, period, but especially outside of marriage? When did you finally feel like, oh, this is, too, this is too much for me now? Well, it should have been too much for you way back when you got saved and saw any of it. And then the way, the reason this generation now is worse is because we didn't really repent for all that, but that's another whole teaching. We've so given into itchier preaching. We need to hate what God hates. We need to hate what God hates. Seriously hate it. All right. So I, Paul, tell you, if you think there is benefit in circumcision, Jewish regulations, then you're acting as though Jesus anointing one is not enough. All right, let's put this in your situation. If you think you have to go through a certain amount of counseling and you have to go through a certain amount of this and you have to say you're an alcoholic for the rest of your life and you have to do this, 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 and this and all these kind of things, then you are acting as though Jesus, the anointed one, is not enough. Let that sink in. You are basically saying, I have to do all these religious works before my prayers are answered. I have to have a certain amount of scripture memorized. I have to spend a certain amount of day in devotion time. Devotion time. How about I no longer live in Christ loves in me and I want to hang out with him all the time. 
but not as a work. If you sit there and you want to watch that show and you and there's nothing wrong with the show. Let's say it's Christian entertainment that's decent. But you feel like, oh, I just can't. Is that a, is that a religious spirit? Or you can. You can choose to watch it. You can choose to watch anything you want, but what you're watching is feeding something. But it's okay. It's not okay. You, you want to get to a place where you can't even watch it because you don't want to. You know, after I really started walking with the Lord, I went back and movies I didn't even think much of when I was, you know, younger adult, but not really born again. I was born again, but I wasn't spirit filled like, like, um, golden pond. I mean, we watched that when we were young, you know, like teenagers or something. I'm thinking that thing was terrible. There was cussing. The adults were cussing at the kids. The little kids was cussing. There was all these into windows. I was like, good gosh, I used to watch this and never, ever felt conviction about it. Well, can I tell you something? If you're really maturing in God, that's how it happens. You're more convicted now, easily can't stand to watch something that before didn't bother you. So quit trying to tell people what to watch and not watch and pray that they get the Holy Spirit conviction. You know, the Bible's really clear. <laughs> when you hear about sin, you actually want to sin. So if you keep telling your kids what not to do, what not to do, what not to do, what not to do, and their little flesh brains is like, I'm going to do this when I'm 18. I'm going to do this when mom's not around. I'm going to do this when I can sneak off. I'm going to do this. And don't act like you didn't do the same thing, some of you. What makes you think your control is going to help better than your mama's control helped you? You all better get these kids hungry for God, serious about God, make God exciting, but get the real deal. Be praying for the youth groups. Be praying for our youth group. Be praying for God to bring us a really on fire, loves God, not into formulas, spirit led, but holy person. And be those people. Be those people for real. So you don't have to worry about lying because you know you don't lie. You don't have to worry about covering something up because you don't You don't have to worry about flipping the TV off real fast. Right? And don't think the enemy's not going to try to tempt you. Oh, let me. And then hyper-spiritual. Well, I want to pray for this family. I want to see how they were all murdered. Well, if they're murdered, there's nobody to pray for. But, but you're... Why do you have to watch to know that the family needs prayer that's left? Come on. Well, I love solving criminal things. Well, I, I used to kind of like that stuff, but you know what? I really, I got so convicted. I can't watch that stuff. And then you wonder why you have nightmares and you see, and you get so much mixture stuff. See, can we see this? Maybe we should start waking up saying, Holy Spirit, convict me of everything that you hate today. Because I really want to do this your way. And I want it to be real. I don't want it to be a formula. I don't want it to be a rule I make. I'm not under the law anymore. I want these things written on my heart. And can I tell you, when you start to feel that little feeling of don't do this, right person in the back, when you get that little feeling of don't do this, guess what? Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm going to tell something, quit using 
inner healing and ministry as an excuse to sin because, well, as soon as I get free, he just told you he's already set you free. When we go to heal the brokenhearted, when we go to do the things as, as ministers, it's not because you're not free. It's because you don't know yet that you're free. And so you're walking around enslaved if you're born again and you don't need to be. You can break free the minute you come in agreement with truth. So be careful not to want to not be free and become a hypocrite and think you're fooling anybody. It doesn't really matter if you fool me. I really, it's not my business what you do, except in this building. But do you really think you're fooling God? And what's worse is when you're self-deceived. You have to stop and say, could I stop doing this? Yes, you can stop doing anything. I've already talked about it before. If they put you in prison, and it's a real prison, and you're not some politician or movie star or Hollywood person that they treat you like it's a hotel in that prison. But if they really put you, let's say go to a prison in another country where they know how to make prison look like prison. And they say, you know what? You aren't doing drugs anymore. You're not looking at porn anymore. You're not going to be yakking on the phone to people all the time anymore. You're not doing this stuff anymore. And they lock it. Guess what? You're not doing that stuff anymore. You might try to come up with some stuff, but if they have cameras on you and they come there and smack you upside the head, you'll probably stop that too. That's how you know you can stop. Now, if you had cancer and it's eating you up and killing you and they put you in a cell and lock it, guess what? You're still going to have cancer. It's still going to eat you up and kill you. And guess what? That's a disease. Addiction is not a disease. It's such a lie. Addiction is bondage and enslavement that only Jesus Christ can set you free from. And if people don't know Jesus, they can choose to fast it for the rest of their life, which means not giving into it and fight it every way they can. And a lot of people can beat things like cigarette addiction and, and, and pornography without uh, Christ. Why? Because it's a thing of the flesh and they can control the flesh. So there's no excuse, not any excuse, not even five seconds of an excuse to have habitual sin in your life as a believer. So I just want to make that loud and clear. God did not set the fivefold ministry in position or this ministry in position to give you an excuse to sin. And you need to face it if that's what's happening and ask God to set you free. I've got lots of teaching on that. All right. All right. Look how fast we're going. Galatians 5.3. I say it again. If you let yourself... Okay, he's talking about circumcision here. If you let yourself be circumcised, you are obligated to fulfill every single one of the commandments and regulations of the law. All right. Now he's talking to Jewish believers and the lie that has gotten in is now when these other believers come in, we need to get them, they need to be circumcised because that was under the law with Moses. And they're basically saying, he's saying, it's not, that's not what happens now. That's not how this works. And what, what, what Paul is saying is, don't you understand if you put any part of your life under the law, all of your life is under the law. What does that mean? 
That means if there's something that you are trying in your own flesh to do and you think you can do it, you're saying, I don't need what Jesus, I don't need the Holy Spirit for this. And then it says, okay, now you have to live all of your Christianity out. Now see if you can do it without God. And what's the answer? No, you can't do it without God. So maybe you can not, maybe you're a person who could never drink. You would never drink without God or you'd never get in sex before marriage or you could do all that without God. How many know you can do that stuff without God? You can actually behave yourself without God. Okay. All right. So what he's saying, when I take the stance that because I can do this without God, I would never do that. I stopped doing that. And then I think that takes the place of Christ and his blood and what he's paid for. I'm being legalistic and it brings death. So for you to think your kids can live in this disgusting, horrific, demonic world full of bondage without God, and you're trying to give them rules to do this without God, but you're actually yourself not realizing they can't do this without, they can't do all of this without God, but they certainly can't do, nobody can do enough to not sin without God. And the temptations are greater and the darkness is greater and the pull is greater. So what do we need more of? Fullness of God. That's what the kids need. That's what they need. Not putting on shows for you where they're a little bit spiritual and you try to make their identity in being spiritual. Your kid's identity is not to be in being spiritual or they'll get a counterfeit. And then they'll walk away from saying, I thought I knew it was real, but it's not. You want your children to get a real born-again relationship with God and mature and grow in God just as a child is supposed to mature and grow in God. And you should actually wait till Holy Spirit wants them to dance before God. Wait until the Holy Spirit has them. Do, and they're doing it as unto the Lord and not as unto mommy and daddy and getting a clap. I'm not saying not to do that stuff just be, you know, to train them up. I'm saying don't get their identity in performing spiritual things. I know when, um, back into one of my stories. So when my sons were young, and they were really, they seriously were going after God. The, 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 they were young. They, it was just normal to them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. My daughter got born again at three by asking God in her heart. We didn't think she was old enough, but she didn't care. She asked him and she got saved. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit on her own at the age of five. She just asked God for it. And then she prayed for our Baptist neighbor's daughter when she was six. And the Baptist neighbor's daughter got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And is still great friends to this day to me and, and writes me about how much my daughter meant in her life years ago. Okay, nobody tried to get our daughter to do that. Nobody uh, clapped and jumped up and down when they did that to make them get their identity in pleasing me with spiritual things. And so I remember my son's, um, my one son who's got a prophet anointing, and um, and we were at this big church meeting. It was like a revival, and there were just people everywhere, and and um, and they were with me. And so they were in the whole service. I think they may have brought the kids out because the service went so long. But anyway, so so I, I remember at the altar and I'm just weeping and praying the Holy Spirit's all over me. And my one son, my one little tiny son at the time, I think he was, I don't even know, three or four or something, really little. 
uh, maybe five, somewhere in there, little tiny guy. He comes up and he, now this kid did not even want me to go to the grocery store without him. Like he's not a kid. He, he, he did not want me when I would go um, out of the country for something for the ministry. He would cry. He didn't want me to go. Okay. And here he is in church. The anointing hits him. This little tiny kid, a big old church. He was so loud. Almost everybody could hear him. He, lay, he lays hands on me and, and nobody taught him to do that. And he says, send my mother to the nations send my mother to the nations i'm like oh my gosh he doesn't even want me to go to the grocery store you know what i'm saying and i'm thinking oh my gosh and they're all like oh yeah people are like crane your sons are so anointed i didn't try to get him to do that we didn't practice prophesying and i remember i remember another time when they were in the church that and the god was just moving we we and some of us others, Karen's different. We took our kids to everything and they were around church all the time in the presence of God all the time. And we were really living it. We weren't hypocrites when we got home. I mean, God was changing us and they knew it. And I remember this, I think it's the same son. I think it was the same son. Um, so we were at this church and they were supposed to have this, there's this person in a wheelchair that day. And I used to not like when they, everybody gangs up on the person in a wheelchair and they tried to make them get up out of the wheelchair, but the person doesn't get out of the wheelchair and then they kind of leave them there. And so we're at this meeting and they're all praying for this man to get out of the wheelchair. And my son wanted to stay. He wanted to stay. And it kind of gone on for a while. And I'm like, no, we're going to leave. We're going to leave. And so, so we got in the car and we're leaving and my son starts crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? I forgot how old he was in maybe 10 or 11. He said, I had a dream and he was the man who got out of the wheelchair. And I'm thinking, if I had left him there, maybe he would have prayed for that man. He would have got out of the wheelchair. I got really convicted. Like, just because I've judged and seen people and it didn't work, who am I to stop? And I was like, oh, God, forgive me, forgive me. And so so when my son went through a little rebellious age, I said, well, I don't know if I believe. I said, it doesn't matter. God lives in you, and you're not asking him to come out. He's going to stay, and you're going to have the same kind of grown-up experience uh, with God as you did as a little boy. Ho! And he's in there. And it is time that we start prophesying Joel that God pour out his spirit on all flesh. We all act like this stuff has happened. This stuff has not happened in the measure it's got to happen for the hour we're living in. And these are the kind of things we're going to pray. We're going to really begin to pray these scriptures. We're going to get the revelation. And let me say this for um, those who really intercede and really cry out, those who really have that gifting because it's a special gifting. Start getting revelation to release when you're interceding. Get revelation. I've seen people here who really go off in the presence and power of God when God gives me revelation and we're interceding and they're coming in agreement. You can do that at home. God wants to get us so full of him that we're just praying. How many know the whole church needs to pray at home, not just wait till we get back? The world's going messy, people. So, gosh, this here we go. All right, we're still going. Here we go. All right. I want you to get this Galatians 5.3, though, concept, this principle. If you try to force your kids to follow God's laws and you think you forcing them to follow his law, a certain law, is the same as Holy Spirit getting in them, especially when they begin to be teenagers, you are missing it. The law brings death. They have to start transitioning for real into a real relationship led by Holy Spirit. And you need to be there. Okay, your legalism that you wouldn't do that. Can I just say, think of some of the stuff you did do when you're sitting there trying to tell your kids what not to do. 
Because you've opened all those, you've opened all that. You've opened all that to them. And the only way that it's going to really be broken until they get their own revelation to break it is if you really hate what God hates and you break the power of the generational curses. And if you were single again, you wouldn't do those things. And if you had a situation where God brings someone, you you would not act the same. You would really go and say, why did I do that? Why did I bring that kind of relationship? Why did I have that kind of relationships? Why did I talk like that? Why did I party like that? Why did I do that? Show me God, show me God, take me as far down to the very seed. Where is it planted? Cause I hate what you hate and get it out. And then you can break a generational curse because the blood of the lamb is now your new bloodline, but not as long as you're still okay with what the enemy's done in the past. Okay. All right. If you want to be made holy, listen to this, Galatians 5, 4, if you want to be made holy by fulfilling the obligations of the law, you have cut off more than your flesh. You've cut yourselves off from the anointed one and have fallen away from the revelation of grace. Get this. This is powerful. If you want to be made holy by fulfilling the obligations of the law, and when I say law here, because we're not Jewish, when you're trying to live the life that you think would please God according to what his word says to do and not to do and put off and don't put off, even new covenant, if you think you could be made holy by doing all those things that you read in your own strength, okay, you have cut off more than your flesh. You have cut yourself off from the anointed one and fallen away from the revelation of grace. In other words, everything we do to 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 um, be free from sin has to come by God's grace. And so don't expect it different for your kids and your grandkids and then wonder why they rebelled. Start living it. Start demonstrating it. Start smiling. Start praying for them. Start interceding. Get the scriptures. Does everybody see how much um, really pretty much almost the whole church needs a gigantic cleansing? Over time, we have slipped back into um, a lot of legalism. And a lot of people think speaking in tongues is a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it's not. I talked about that the other day. I, I'm really finding out I'm really, I'm, I'm amazed at the people who start speaking in tongues almost every time, who start speaking in tongues the minute I go to pray for them and they don't even hear the prophecy or what God's doing. They, it, it can be a religious spirit. And many times there's a, there's a real strong spirit of hypocrisy behind it. It's because somebody is holding on to that they pray in tongues to, as if they're okay with God. And that's not true. All right. But the Holy Spirit, here we go. The Holy Spirit convinces us, this is Galatians 5.5, 5, the Holy Spirit convinces us that we have received by faith the glorious righteousness of the anointed one. All right. So Holy Spirit, let me see how this one says it. 5.5. Five. For we... Not relying on the law, but through the strength and power of the Holy Spirit, by faith, are waiting confidently for the hope of righteousness, the completion of our salvation. All right. The Holy One convinces us that we have received by faith. All right. So then you got to look at everything that faith. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's revelation. Faith comes by hearing a revelation from God through his word. That's how you get real faith. That's the only way you get real faith. 
Okay, you can pray in tongues and build up your most holy faith. But a lot of people lean on that. It's the word. It's the word being revelation by the word. And can I tell you, start believing it. Cast down everything else. Not in pretended faith. Pretended faith is where you got it in your head and you say it like a rule. And you say it, you say it, you say it, you say it. But nothing real is happening. That's because legalism brings death. And if you don't know how to get into revelation, then keep hanging out here because he has me showing you and teaching you almost every time I open my mouth lately to get you hungry to believe that, yeah, God's going God's gonna to show me things. Holy Spirit's going to reveal things to me. Forgive me, God, for settling for anything less. Forgive me for thinking my good works were good enough or my, that, that what I thought if I said the right things, it was the right things. And if you cross into a spirituality, let's get you free from that. All right, false spirituality. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will convict us and show us that we have received by faith the righteousness of the anointed one. Now, righteousness, now that's what he said. The righteousness, think of it this way, right where God wants me to be. So if I'm a brand new baby believer, how many know that I'll be righteous, but I might not look much different than I did the day before? Right? So righteousness isn't holiness. Okay? Righteousness is easy. Righteousness is being right where he wants you to be. Well, how many know that you can be righteous and then you can go off on some crazy thing and run from what God's trying to do and go and believe a bunch of lies and get back in the world? Guess what? You've walked away from his righteousness. Right? So I have to recognize my righteousness is in Christ. And it was, I'm right where he wants me to be. I was talking to someone today whose husband's in a really difficult trial. And it's really his trial, not their trial. There's no one in this room, although I talked to some of your spouses too. And I probably would say this, but this was someone who called me. And I, and I was telling him, I said, don't let... And it's a big trial that affects the whole family in the natural. I said, well, learn what God wants you to learn. But you're right where he wants you to be. And this other person is not. That's why this other person is going through this trial. Don't let his trial become your trial. Let his trial be you stay right where God wants you to be and you learn what God wants you to learn and you learn how to fight for your husband. You learn how to fight for your marriage. You learn how to stop the enemy from stealing from you and you learn what God wants you to learn for to, to help your, your husband in this situation and to know how to release the word and what to do. At the same time, he's using this to keep you right exactly where you're supposed to be for the call on your life and what he's going to have you minister later. In other words, Satan can't slow you down because your spouse gets out of God's will or out of the right place where God wants him. And righteousness, I see it works like this. God is so faithful, right? God is so faithful. So let's say we get way off track to what he's really called us to. And can I just tell you, a lot of people do that. All of a sudden they hear this or they run do this or they get a job and they move there and they go do this and they think they're doing this and they got this going. Some people get right outside of God's righteousness the minute things aren't in a crisis. 
And then what happens is you run around until you hit another crisis. So instead of going straight where God's taking you, you're all over the place. And here's Holy Spirit always trying to get you back right where God wants you to be, always trying. And then you make a bigger mess and then he has to go and do all this stuff and more deliverance, the devil's hitting you and all this kind of stuff. People, why is God not faithful? God is so faithful that he keeps running after you. And he puts this in your face and that in your face and show you this because he doesn't change. The father doesn't change. The father knows this is what I have for them. He doesn't necessarily say how long it's going to take to get you there. Remember, those guys went around that wilderness that was supposed to be, what, a 40-day? I don't even know if it was a 40. It was a really short walk, and it took them 40 years or something. 11-day walk, and it took them 40 years. So they're zigzagging all over the place, and God's like, we're still going to get you to the promised land. And some of them got in, and some of them didn't because they wouldn't do what the Lord was teaching them. So I want you to understand that nobody else can stop you from what God has for you. Nobody else. So get rid of the priest of the home doctrine. It is a stinking doctrine that is absolutely unbiblical. I mean, if you really men want to believe you're priest of the home, let us give you a vacuum and call it your um, scepter and uh, <laughs> some toilet cleaner and tell you to clean the throne and, and just have a good old time being the priest of that home. Although the Bible says, ladies, be busy at home. We're all priests and kings unto the Lord. The enemy has destroyed more marriages with making people think that if their husband isn't more spiritual than them, or if they're not at the exact same place, then they're not. It's all baloney. I remember he said, God, you know, give my husband more faith. Give my husband more faith for a situation. And the Lord said, why should I give him the faith? I gave it to you. I said, well, Lord, that's not in this person's book. He said, well, then put their book away. <laughs> okay. I didn't say not to give it to him. He has to ask for faith. I'm not saying he's not asking for faith. I'm like, who am I to judge his faith? Lord's like, just, you, you, he doesn't need faith for this miracle because I've given you faith. Isn't it good? Isn't he amazing that he does make it so a wife can fight for her husband as if they were them and vice versa and, and that you can really fight for children and, and love never fails and there's all kinds of ways that you get to move in this powerful place with God. All right. Okay. When you're, Galatians 5, 6, when you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him, when you're in Christ and joined to him, then the religious obligations benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. God's really busting through people here. It's so easy to get into formulas. It's so easy to, to walk in the carnal-minded things, but but sound spiritual because you're renewed in, in spirit, you know, in Christianity and not really be in the Holy spirit. Okay. And, and don't get that scared. Look, how do I get in the Holy spirit by faith? You ask, believe and without doubt and he'll give it to you. Now I will tell you this. If you're living in hypocrisy, you are not baptized in the Holy spirit. 
If you leave here and you look at pornography or you leave here and you drink or you leave here and you can't control your temper or you leave here and you seriously have a gluttony problem, if you really leave here and you have a demonic bondage and, and, and a hypocrisy going on, you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. The whole idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit is death to self and I want to live for you, God. And when you're really filled with the Holy Spirit, your life looks different because you're living for God. You're not trying to take care of you. You're not trying to see what's right for you. You're, you're in this process, but there's this, there has to come this complete place of giving yourself completely to God for his purposes and his glory and meaning it. And then he will give you the grace to humble yourself. He'll give you the grace to say no. He'll give you the grace to crucify your flesh. He'll teach you and you'll have the love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. And you'll be in this forever journey with God where he's teaching you and showing you and convicting you. And you love the word of God. You just love it. And you love, can it get, you really count it joy. Whatever you're going through, because you know that God is going to win. He's going to establish you. He's going to change you. He's taking you to a place to make you more like him. All right? Religious obligations can benefit you nothing. So let me say this. For those who always watch and don't come to church. And they're saying, see, my going to church, that's just a religious obligation. Well, here it's not a religious obligation. I'm going to preach whether you're here or not. I'm going to preach if there's one person here. I'll probably preach if nobody's here. I'll just have a good time, me and God, having to hanging out. I, ta anybody hang out with me. I preach if you go for a walk with me. I preach if you talk to me on the phone. I preach I preach whatever I'm doing. I'm almost preaching to myself. John might hear through the walls. Everything, well, he does. John probably heard more preaching than any of us. That man has good ears. I pray all the time without ceasing, for real. God, I'm not bragging on me. I'm just showing you just a small demonstration of what it's like to live for Christ. It has nothing to do with ministry. I would be doing the same life if I wasn't called to be whatever he's called me to be in the fivefold. It's like this lifestyle of really hanging out with God. It's glorious. It's so fun. You lose all your fear. It's greater than anything that you're so afraid of letting go of. So when you're in Christ and one with him, your religious obligations can benefit you nothing. But let me say this for those who are watching, who don't come to church, for those who are in bondage. The Bible says, don't forsake the fellowshipping together of the saints, especially in the last days. The Bible says, so you can be here and the power of God to heal you, set you free and deliver you and help you see why you don't want to be here or in a, in a real church where the anointing is. And then God will minister to you. There's a hunger we need to ask for. We need to face whatever it is that Satan has us in bondage about and we're hiding behind um, a computer screen or a TV screen or whatever. It doesn't mean you have to be here. You're not obligated. It's a, it, there's not a religious obligation to be here. But I'm going to tell you what, if you're relative of the Holy Spirit, you need to be where he wants you to be when you when he wants you there. Because he may not, you, you may have missed, I'm sure many people have missed when he would have set them free. There are people going through horrific trials right now that could have been avoided. Seriously, had they 
walked with God and dealt with some of these issues sooner. It's, amazing. It's, all, it's wonderful how we can get into a crisis and run to Christ, thank God. Although some people get in crisis and run to alcohol. Some people get in crisis and run to another relationship that's not of God. Some people get in crisis and run back to the world. And how many know the devil's going to really hurt them there? And we need to pray that they get rescued. It's not a, it's not, it's not a funny thing to, to let the enemy win. It says, before you were led astray, you were so faithful to the Lord. Why have you now turned away from what is right and true? Who has deceived you? The one who enfolded you into his grace is not behind this false teaching that you've embraced. Not at all. I want you to see this. God is not behind teaching about works and obligations. And you better do this and you have to do this. And if he's not behind it, don't push that on your kids. And get it out of your own thinking. If you minister, be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Get revelation. See what to do. And, 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 and there's nobody in here who can't break out of legalism and into a relationship with God that's really powerful. Because that's what he died for. That's what he died for. He didn't die so you could read his word and then tell everybody what it says. He didn't die so you could point out things they're doing wrong based on his word. He seriously died and took all our sins and went to hell for us so that he could actually break the power of sin and separation from God and, and get away and do away with you needing somebody who, who goes through certain rituals to go into the presence of God to hear God for you. He broke that. And he replaced it in the new covenant with a fivefold ministry given grace to connect you to your own relationship with God and to help you on that journey and to help you how to learn these things. And guess what? God's restoring the apostolic and this is going to come back to the church in a powerful way. So I think it's time to go. Let me see. So we'll stop there. Galatians 5.18. God, grace. That's what we want. We want his supernatural empowerment. It's what he died for. If you accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you have that going for you. If you will come away from false teaching, false thinking and begin to say, okay, it's a promise. You can't earn it. You can't make it happen. You just have to believe it. So say, Lord, okay. So, so let me just give you all homework. And those who are watching YouTube, here's your homework. Everybody ready? This is real hard. Sometime in the next 24 hours, and then hopefully you'll continue it, you're going to get along with your Bible, maybe put on some quiet praise music, and you're going to say, okay, I'm here in faith, Lord, and I believe that you're going to give me revelation. So, Lord... And then tell them what you're kind of thinking about or like revelation on. And then actually believe for him to put something in your thinking to begin to look up in the Bible. And then start going through it. Let's say he gives you the word revelation or he gives you the word love or he gives you the word, whatever he gives you, freedom. And as you're going through it, 
and I personally like the TP and the, the Passion Translation for this, but you, that, that man just, I just love the depth he goes into. But when you do it, you don't read everyone like wham, wham, wham. You look at it and you start going through it and you say, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're going to show me. Now, don't make it up. If he doesn't show you something, that's okay. Say, okay, Lord, I stepped out in faith and I'm going to do this again tomorrow. Now, here's the key. You have to only want the Holy Spirit. Okay, you can't want revelation. You only want Holy Spirit-led revelation. Everybody get that because you can get really messed up with the devil trying to give you revelation, right? So, so what I'm showing you is, so you could go and ask, worship some, get in the presence of God, you know, say, okay, Lord, you know, here we go. Let's do this thing. And then see if the revelation, and he may do something totally different. You may try that. And it's like nothing jumped out of me. Don't make something up. Okay. If nothing, you know, you're not, it doesn't hurt you to read the word, right? But you read the word. And if something really jumps out at you, stop and meditate on it. Stop and say, ooh, show me what this means. Look it up in different things. Look up things in the dictionary, whatever, and start watching God put that together for you. And then you might really be surprised and turn on a teaching and then they're talking about it or a song pops on. And all of a sudden, guess what? You are going to come alive in your spirit. You're going to be like, oh, oh, God's talking to me. And you might try to tell somebody they won't have a clue what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. Okay? All right? Because we're going to do this. We can do this. Okay, I'm not giving you a formula. Does everybody get that? If you have another way he shows you, then I'm just showing it. Most revelation should come from his word. Why? Because his word is the plumb line and then you know it's from him. But don't try to make it happen and get your spirit and only ask for, and if you're not in a place where you only want the Holy Spirit, don't do this yet. Because Satan will gladly do it for you. Okay, get to a place to say, okay, do I want to be spiritual? Do I want to do this? Or do I really want a Holy Spirit? Do I really want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ that's totally led by the Holy Spirit and pure and really awesome? And no matter what, now if he shows you something and convicts you that, hey, let's repent and let's do what he shows us in that. He may not just show you how great you are. He may show you, you better deal with this and I'll give you some more revelation once we do this. Amen. So Father, whoo. I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. It's not by our works that these people are going to get revelation. It's not by my great teaching ability, God. Lord, it's by your spirit. Holy Spirit. We only want the Holy Spirit. We want to be cleansed of everything that's not of the Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit, there are people who are watching this. There are people here tonight. There are people who are really hungry to know you, to have a relationship with you, to hear you, Lord. There's a there's those here who their spirit is already going, yes, I want to I wanna move into revelation, knowledge from God. I want to know him. I want to have his word speak to me, the living word, the living word of God, the Holy Spirit revealing himself, revealing Jesus, revealing the Father. I want to be excited about your word again, God. So Lord, we thank you for that. We give you praise for what you're going to do with that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us 
come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.